You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, I'm Sean Tice with Let's Talk About Fatherlessness. Excited to have another episode to talk about the issue of fatherlessness. Today, I have a special guest with us today. Her name is Lori Apon. Lori, would you take a minute and just tell us about uh, your ministry? I sure will. I'm so honored and humbled to be here with you, Sean. You're doing a great work. And I am the founder of Perspective Ministries. We are in our eighth year. And it's just our mission. It's my passion to come alongside of widows and fatherless, encouraging them to put their trust in God. I have been a widow for 24 years now, and I raised eight fatherless children. They were ages 10 down to 13 months when my husband took his life. And so it's my passion to um, encourage kids to look to God as father. That's wonderful. And I, and I got to be on your show and um, tell, tell us your show. Your, your show is how to raise, uh, help, help, help them raising fatherless kids. Right? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. And that's a great show. Definitely check that out. I want to, I want to put a plug in for that and all the things you're doing. I, I really appreciate your ministry. And you. that's incredible that you were able to raise children, eight children, 10 years old and down. That is amazing. Um, let's go into more of that. If you don't mind, tell more of that story of how you how you got through. I mean, what what were the things you did? How did you how did you help your kids? I mean, I see I've seen pictures. Uh, we're connected on Facebook. I've seen pictures and of your family and things like that, and it, it's just a beautiful family. But how did you bring them? How did you bring them through that? Where did you start? Whenever your husband took his life, going forward, what what did you do? What are the steps you took? I will tell you, God was so faithful. Just um, the night before my husband died, he was a worship leader at the time. And we were all eight of my children at church, all like little tiny ducks in a row. And that in that evening service, Psalm 68, five was quoted that says, God is a defender to the widow and a father to the fatherless. And I remember thinking that is so encouraging for all those moms out there who don't have a husband and for all those children who don't have a dad, not knowing that it would be just 24 hours later, the police would knock on the door of my home to tell me that devastating news. But as only God would have it to give me that seed of hope from his word planted in my heart, the Holy Spirit used that as the script for me to tell my children the news. And, and that's what I told them. You have a new daddy. God promises to be a father to the fatherless. And so, Sean, truly, that verse became the anchor for my family that we held on to every single day. I still hold on to it today. My children are adults now. They're grown. Um, To God be the glory. They all walk with the Lord. They all love the Lord. Um, And so we just held on to that. I just took him at his word claimed his promise. And so we would feel the loss of dad. And then we would direct our focus and perspective. That's why it's perspective ministries to, to God, his father. And he was faithful. Wow. Now, did you stay at that church? Did you stay, did you move? Did you stay in that same house? I mean, what was your, I stayed in the same house and we stayed at the same church for two years. And then Right at the two years, the Lord clearly said it's time to go and led me to 
the church that I've been at now for, it'll be 24 years, uh, 20, well, no, 23 years, but um, yeah, it was just time to go and, and it was a good move and God's used the body of Christ, a lot of mentors for my children, my boys especially came through the body of Christ. Wow. Now, how did that new church help you? What did they provide uh, to your, you and your kids? Mm-hmm. How did they, you stayed there for so long. I and mean, obviously there was things that worked for you there. You know, it, first of all, I would just say, if you are a single mom listening to this, the biggest thing you can do for your children is to get connected to a community of faith. And so my story was somewhat public, but, and I had a large family, but it was just, we, my kids knew they were going to go to church every Sunday. It was not an option. They knew they were going to be getting in the van. We were going to church and it was just going consistently that Sunday school teachers and just um, godly couples were connected to our family. We had one family that literally brought a meal once a week for two solid years. And it was through that, and I didn't know them in the beginning, but through meeting them through their act of service that um, they became lifelong friends and uh, they became mentors. We just shared on the podcast that story, but um, several of the mentors, I had a mentor board when my oldest was becoming a teenager because I knew I would have six teenagers in the house at one time. And so a lot of the couples for that mentor board came from the relationships I built from being at church. Yeah. So, I mean, church is so crucial and it's we're mm-hmm. it's our ministry. We're all about uh, pushing people to a local church because we believe that's where families like, like yours and like mm-hmm. mine, we, we mm-hmm. find hope. Um, we find resources to help, you know, with the things that we are dealing with, even for the kids, mm-hmm. finding Christian mentors and stuff like that. Um, now, was there any struggles with the, the churches? I mean, not to dig or anything like that, but was there anything that you say, you know, church could help more in this area, just so churches can learn from that? Is there anything that you could share about that? You know what? That's what I say to churches, because I also will go into churches to do workshops on how to have a widow ministry or to enhance their widow ministry. And I often tell them that fatherless children are the most silent group going through the church. That wasn't necessarily my experience, but I've watched it, though. Um, Foster children, adopted children, there's a lot of emphasis on those children. But a lot of children who are just in the church, maybe their dad, maybe it is a divorce. Maybe their dad's not active. And the church, they're just really not tuned in to these kids, sadly, because we know, we know, uh, James 127, we know that verse, but... I think it's it's just a lack of, and you know, if you haven't experienced it, you don't. It's it's not part of your passion, um, right or wrong. It's just what it is, and so um, it is is dear to my heart. You know, to encourage um, you're encouraging the fatherless. I'm really trying to encourage those moms raising the fatherless, and would love to stir that in churches. You know, because. I think that it's just not on the radar. Yeah. And I appreciate what you said there because, you know, we do need to take care of the foster kids and the adoptive parents and mm-hmm. foster mm-hmm. parents. And I, and I, I, like, I've even been told by like this one church said that they're doing a, a couple of churches have told me we're, we're doing a foster care ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so they're not interested in working with us, which that's where it's, it's a hard struggle because single moms and fatherless kids, they need to be, to be cared for mm-hmm. and they need mm-hmm. to be encouraged. And so mm-hmm. it's great that you're reaching the foster care kids. I believe in that. That's part of fatherless ministry. We need mm-hmm. to be doing that. But there's still space in the church to reach the fatherless too, to help the single mom. It shouldn't be, well, we're doing one, so we're not doing the other. I, mm-hmm. I'm totally against that. Um, but the churches have to decide what they want to do. But I appreciate you saying that because I, that it encourages me because I'm not the only one that feels that way. Um, but that that is a separate thing. That they, they are two different things. And so churches that are listening to this, if you're doing foster care ministry, that's great. But also consider doing something for the uh, single moms, the mentors, the widows, and helping them with their journey because they're on a journey too, and they're at your church. Um, it's it's you need to shepherd all the sheep, not just the the ones you pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of the, that's part of being a pastor. Now, tell us more about your your uh, your kids' journey with mentoring. And then you said there was some people involved in that. Was that formal mentoring that that you said a mentoring group? Was that something you came up with, or what, what was that? Again, I would say it was just a. a... Holy Spirit led thing because I had never heard of mentoring. Really, I was raising all these little babies and toddlers. And so I just knew I needed help. If I was going to, my children were turning into teenagers. I, I couldn't do it by myself. And so I just wrote this letter. I, it was like the Lord said, look at, look at that Sunday school teacher. He's so faithful and he's always reaching out, you know, and God started highlighting these people that were connecting with my children. And so I sent out a letter and I said, Hey, would you pray about being on my mentor board? And I had eight couples. I I strongly believe you may, you may need a man for your son, but you're going to get the husband and the wife. Um, And so I asked these eight couples if they would commit to 18 months. And it does make me cry because um, 18 years later, you heard that right. 18 years later, they were still in our lives. And um, and to this day, 24 years later, if I needed their support or their help, I could pick up the phone and they'd be there for me. So that was just a God thing. But not only did they mentor my children um, more, I'd say more of my sons, but they mentored me. You know, when you have a husband and a wife um, your wife can call you, Sean, on the, you're on the way home. And within 15 minutes, you've solved what could be a really big problem if she's handling it by herself. I didn't have that. So I I could send, here's the, the next issue or the situation that I'm dealing with with my children. And I could, back in the day, I would email it to the whole mentor board and whoever felt led to respond would respond. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were many times that they were like, Lori, Take a chill pill. This is normal teenage stuff. Your your son isn't going down a path of destruction because he shredded his new baseball cap. Don't you know that's the trend? That's the, you know, that's the look. And so it was just a good balance. Yeah. And, and the reason it worked so well was because, you know, our fatherless children, they just have the mom and the mom, they don't have anyone. They need a safe place to go to where they can make an appeal if they feel like something's not going right. And so I wanted to provide my children that safe place. And it just it just worked beautifully. It really is one of the pillars that God used, I really believe, to bring my children to where they are today. 
That's wonderful. And so you just came up with that by yourself, the mentor board. That was just, just well, the Lord. I, I did the Lord. Well, the Lord. Because, but that, but that's yeah, just it really, was. Yeah, it was just really uh, the idea the Lord gave me. It really worked. It was an active board um, for sure. It was, you know, and again, yeah. these couples great. stayed on for all those years. You know, it what wasn't. Was it the, well, real quick, you know, I had to be intentional is what I knew. No, you're not going to have an adult most likely come up to a single mom and say, I'm supposed to mentor your son. Now, yeah, one did that. And you'll you'll hear that if you listen to that episode in my podcast. But most of the time, you know, they're going to be hesitant. And so just to say, you know, this is just what it's going to look like. There's no rule book. I'm not expecting you to meet every Friday, although that's awesome. I don't you know, I just want you to my kids to have access to you. I need access to you. And so a lot of times it was just the, the parents of my kids, best friends. So they were already maybe taking their child on a vacation. So they would invite mine on that vacation. And so mentoring happened kind of organically. Um, But it was just giving them that permission to speak into my life and to speak into the life of my child. Now, what was the what criteria to that you came up with to recruit these families? Were they all in your church that you were at, or um, they may have all been connected through my church? Yeah, but it was just through the relationships built in my church. Um, you just felt like they were safe families. I wouldn't say, yeah, I didn't have criteria. It was again, I could see that. God was doing something that there was, they had a passion to help my child. Or maybe again, it was, they had a relationship with my child because they were a coach. They were a teacher. Um, they were, they were just crossing paths. You know, they, I was able to watch their lives. I could tell that they had a godly marriage. I could tell, you know, and again, unfortunately, but because God does well, unfortunately, we have no guarantee that they're going to be safe. I mean, we don't, yeah. except for yeah. God says I'm a defender of the widow. There are times that, that you know, things happen and we have to trust in the mystery of God. But um, and there were two situations, actually, that later on, it was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. God protected us because we had a two, two different people at one point that were interacting with my family. And then things came out later that they weren't really, I wouldn't have chosen them had I known that they weren't on my mentor board, but they were mentoring yeah. for a season and God just thankfully protected my kids. Um, That's cool. But again, because it was, a, there was accountability. It was always a husband and a wife um, or the dad with his son and my son, you know, that kind of situation. And that, that's wonderful. That's so great that you, uh, you did that. Now have your kids of all, you know, they're all following God. And you know, through that, is there any, um, I mean, I don't want to dig into your, obviously your kids' stories and stuff, but they're all, it helped them going down a path of success then, those things? They all walk with the Lord. That's wonderful. They do. And again, I think there's a lot of different things that played into that prayer. I had so many yeah. people praying for me. Um, they did have Christian education. I home, I homeschooled them. We went to a hybrid school. And so, um, I just really believed they needed Christian education. So the teachers there were investing in my kids. Um, yeah, it was just, and it, it it really beats all odds. I will tell you that. That's why God, to God be the glory that they all walk with the Lord because eight children, large family, 
suicide. Um, there's just a lot of things, you know, yeah. statistics, but I wasn't going to believe the statistics. I believed God. And that's wonderful. And I, I, I love what you're doing now. You raised them. And then when did you feel called to, Hey, let me, let me help other women. Let mm-hmm. me start a ministry. When did that start? It's crazy how God works in our lives, isn't it? We have, he doesn't tell us what's next around the corner. And so all these years, I know he told me right from the start, you stay in the saddle, you raise your children. This is your focus. Cause early on I was having an opportunity to speak and, um, Oh, I can remember where I was standing in my kitchen and he said, no way. Your job is to raise your children. Mm -hmm. And thankfully I was able to stay home with them in the early years. And then all along, he was very creative in providing ways for me to work from home. Even when a lot of people weren't working from home, I had a childcare for five years in my home, which was crazy, but he provided And then I had a cookie business. So I did kids by day cookies at night, not having any idea about prospective ministries. And then when um, I could see Empty Nest was starting to come into my view, I just knew I wanted to give the next season of my life to come alongside of widows. And I shared that with my mentors and and they weren't really active mentors at that point because kids were in college and they were, you know, and I said, I just feel like I'm supposed to give the next 20 years to come in and helping widows. I had no idea. And they're like, unanimously, yes. And you know how God does. And then about a week later, he said, and you'll need to start a nonprofit. Sean, I didn't even know what a nonprofit was, but my <laughs> yes was on the table. I'm like, well, whatever that is. Okay. That's great. And so I had to remind my board of directors early on, you know, I've just been changing diapers uh, for all these years. Like I, I'm learning as we go and God's been very faithful. And I know he's just smiles because he's like, yeah, this it's just obedience, being available and obeying what he calls you to do. And I have found great joy in, in what I'm doing at this season. Now, how long ago was that? When did you start it? And we're in our eighth year. So it was 2016. Eighth, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, so your eighth year working on this. So what did you, what projects did you start with? What were you, how did it start out? Yeah. Again, nothing that it looks like now. I really felt like I was to um, develop a tool that would help widows to, connect with her inner circle, those people who are at the funeral saying, I'm going to help you. I'm there for you. And then, you know, six months, a year later, she looks around, she can't find those people. I don't believe it's because um, they don't want to help. They just don't know how there's no connection, but the Lord closed the door to that three different times. And, but out of that, we, while we were building that tool, he kept, we kept building resources, writing resources. And so it was through all that and all the resources that we wrote that um, took us to where we are now with developing. We wrote um, Widow Life magazines, and we have five boxes of comforting care that we send to widows, starting with a new widow. And then every six months for the first two years, um, she can sign up for that widow care, widow support. So she gets a box that is really more my heartbeat. You know, she's going to get a magazine that provides understanding, um, lots of encouragement from God's word and just that's been good. And then, and now my passion really is to now let's just really um, the podcast with helping moms raise fatherless kids, because that is what my experience was um, just to, to give them the tools that they need. 
Yeah. What, what was in that? What's in the kits? The, uh, the care care packages. What do you the boxes? So yeah. they get the magazine. So like the first um, box is for the new widow. There's a book called Tear Soup that I just love. A five year old can read it to a 95 year old. And it just is a simple, beautifully illustrated book on the grief process. We send a personalized handkerchief with the name of her husband the day that he died. Um, the second box has um, Psalm 23 is the overarching theme of all the magazines. So at six months, it's the coldest, one of the coldest um, times in the grief process. And so we send her a blanket and we talk about God being her covering. So the blanket, we give her a, um, a one year journal with just one line a day, just so she can record God's you know, we're like in five years, you'll look back and you'll be able to see the faithfulness of God. There's a devotional for widows box three at the one year mark. We send her the one year Bible because up until that point, if she was walking with the Lord and she was familiar with God's word, she, she has a Bible, but um, you know, Proverbs says, don't sing songs to a heavy heart. So we want to be careful. Um, the magazines are filled with scripture, but then at the third box, we send her the one year Bible and just, um, encouraging her that brace yourself you know the second year could be harder so then 18 months um, God defends her and so we talk about God being defender in the fifth box is surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of your life and that's just um, that God gives her rest even though at two years she's not done yet grieving but the hard part of the journey is usually over and now we're just encouraging her to turn around and comfort in the way that she's been comforted. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now you do different events too. Can you tell us about your events that you guys have been involved in? We do. This is kind you of partner, we partner with some too. We're a well. little bit in the piloting stage. So yes, um, we did a, and we're doing a, an event called daughters of the King. It's for mothers raising fatherless girls. Our upcoming mm-hmm. one in Metro Atlanta is April 29th. It's based on the story of Esther, who was an orphan. And just to encourage these young girls ages six to 18, that um, God has a purpose for your life and he's going to use um, use them and he's using everything for good and for his glory and just encourage the mom. So we have a panel of girls who grew up fatherless and, and so they can answer questions. We'll have breakouts for the little girls. They're going to be doing more of a craft, but we're just here to plant seeds. That's what we want to do. Just plant seeds of hope. I know you've talked about Sean, that I think your story is you seeds were planted in your life during your really hard um, years. And yet those seeds brought forth fruit later on. And so that's what I feel we're called to do is just plant seeds in the lives of these, of these children and give them hope. And then we look forward to doing a mom and man for moms of fatherless boys and then we're doing our first christmas event um, in december because we send out um a check to the moms who have a need who have a need at christmas we like to help them with christmas and so for those moms in the atlanta area i want to show the gospel we want to show the gospel every time we can so at that event we want to give hope as well as financial blessing that's wonderful and you know it I love what you said about you want to share the gospel with all of them. Now, how how did you communicate that with your kids about you know the perspective? But how did they, how did you really try to put it on them like that? God is your father. God is your dad. How did you do that? What are some things that you can tell other moms that 
how, how they can help with that or people that are mentoring. You know, the Bible says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for me with all your heart, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I, I love the Lord. I've known the Lord since I was a child. And I was desperate for God to keep his promise that he'd be a father. And so I just, it was almost like, you know, that book, Where's Waldo? And you're searching for Waldo on the book. We were looking for God. I was constantly pointing out, hey, did you see how that man was just interacting with you? Um, Or did you see someone just bought you um, some tennis shoes for back to school? Well, yeah, that was that family bought those tennis shoes, but that was God. That was your father, God providing for you. So it was constantly directing their focus to to see God in the ordinary, to see him in the the small ways that he was taking care of us and the big ways as well. And that's what we teach with our ministries. Mm-hmm. You know, always point them to God. Because even if you're a pastor or you're mm-hmm. a mentor or a teacher or boss or coach, if you're, you know, you're involved in their life, always point them to God because you don't know how long you're going to be in their life. And so you may end up leaving next year, but if you're continually pointing them to God, you know what I mean? Just like those people that you had that bought shoes and stuff. They might not be there next year to buy shoes, For but sure. if you're pointing that to God, they can see, hey, God did that. And that's, Absolutely. I think that's that's invaluable to a kid's life and their development, helping them understand, you know, God will, will be there for me, regardless of what humans in my life, God's there. And that's mm-hmm. why we say God God is my dad. Now, shifting over, over to your ministry, um, telling more about working with widows. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the things for, for a pastor or for ministry leaders to know about a widow? How can mm-hmm. they be more of a support to a widow in a church? Mm, that's a loaded question, <laughs> you know, but it's really easier than they think. I, again, you will be amazed. The starting place is to know who your widows are. Some churches mm-hmm. don't even know the names of their widows, much less the fatherless. So that's the starting place is just to, to know who they are. And just, you know, a lot of people feel like the church, um, because of Acts 6, that widow ministry needs to come under the head of the deacons. I don't really see it that way. I think the first problem in the church was widows. And so um, Paul is saying the leaders of the church, the, the pastor needs to be about preaching the word of God and prayer. And so let's just set up this these servants that will care for the widows. Um, I don't necessarily think it has to be deacons, but deacons are fine. But it's awkward if a deacon calls a, a widow. She doesn't want that man to call her. She wants <laughs> his wife to call her. And it's really not wise when you think about it to have this vulnerable widow. And often, Sean, they're not in the nursing home in a rocking chair at the end of life. I mean, there are, we have widows in their twenties and they're beautiful women. So you don't want this deacon and put him in a place of temptation. And so, um, you know, again, just uh, make a call or send a card. And if you knew her husband, just, they love to hear memories of their husbands. And, you know, again, you can, and, and that's what we're doing now. I mean, I would hear so many widows say, I didn't hear I don't get any mail. I don't get any cards. So we we just sent out 800 Easter cards uh, this morning to win, to women just just to remind them if God's I love the verse in Matthew that says he has risen just as he said. If he said he was going to rise from the dead, he's going to meet every other promise. And just 
like you say, planting seeds, we want to plant seeds, which are the word of God, because he promises his word never turns back void. So widows don't have a lot of um, requirements. They do have a lot of needs. They, they all have practical needs. And so, you know, even if you were to get a team of men, do you have a first response team in your church? Do you know if she has an electrical problem? Who's your electrician? If she has a flooded basement, is there a plumber? Just put together a first response team and then communicate to those widows how she can get the help she needs if she needs help. And then, you know, maybe once a year, you could let your widows know, hey, we have two men that will come to your home for two hours, put a time limit on it because widows are desperate. And so they may come just to rake the leaves. And before she knows it, she's asked her asked them to paint her house and all these other things so you have to kind of set yeah. some boundaries um but it, it's not hard to help widows they they all could use help but they're not going to ask for help just know that they they don't know how they think they've asked too many times they don't think about asking so just you know hey it's summer we'd like to cut your grass would you want us to come saturday morning or saturday afternoon now, what about the kids? How how can churches be more sensitive to the kids, to not to baby them? I mean, you know, we can do that to a point, but how how can the church be more nurturing uh, to help in their development? You know this better than I, Sean. Um, I guess my observation with boys is they want a normal life, so if they don't want to be that kid that doesn't have a dad. They don't want to be that family that is the box people are checking off um but again you know the just tangible ways maybe they can't afford an extracurricular activity maybe they'd like piano lessons or maybe they'd like to, to play a sport and the single mom is doing all she can to put food on the table so providing um money for that or i at one point i had um they were college boys that took two of mine to baseball practice. I I wanted to go to the games, but I couldn't go to practice. And so they would pick my kids up, take them. And it was three boys. So that there was that safety net. It wasn't just a one-on-one, yeah. um, you know, and again, just to encourage, cheer them on. I had, they were greeters at my church. That's how we met them. And they lived 45 minutes from my home and they knew my son played baseball and we would interact every Sunday as we entered into the church and they knew my son was playing football. And I remember one meaningful, they came to his championship game. It was pouring down rain. They drove an hour. They came with an umbrella and stood there to cheer my son on. And the only relationship we had was seeing them on Sundays at the, it meant so much to me because it was just, I needed an Aaron and her. I needed someone to, you know, my kids, I was cheering them on all day long, but to have someone else cheer with me, it was just so impactful. Now, sometimes um, single moms or fatherless individuals, they reject the help that they can get. What would you, mm-hmm. what would you say to uh, people that are trying to help them that get rejected? What, what are your, any advice you would give on that? That's a good question. I think at that point you you back up and you love from a distance. Yeah. You can pray. You can pray for her, pray for her kids, maybe send a note, you know, hey, I was praying for Johnny this week. The Lord brought him to my mind. Um, they'll never turn down a gift card for gas or food. 
you know, so truly it's, it's, it's just stepping back. Don't push yourself on them. And that consistency, like that family that was every Thursday bringing a meal to my family. I was, again, a lot of times I was, there's pride involved a lot of times, but also she's so busy, just so overwhelmed. She's not even able to look up and see that people really are trying to help me. She's just maybe in drive mode, trying to, to knock it out. And it's those that are, that are not pushy, but just consistent. And that couple, I mean, the man ended up mentoring my son. He committed, I'm going to mentor your son till he's grown. And he actually performed the wedding for my son and his wife. That's, that's how just this again. And when she came to bring the meal, she didn't expect a conversation with me. Cause again, single moms don't have time for that. And sometimes she just, I'm going to be there at five o'clock with that meal. And she was. And so that's what I would encourage people to do. Um, just be consistent and yeah, obey the Lord, how he's telling you to help. I, I love your story because I, there's a lot of negativity around this issue of how do I help these families? They're, they're, you know, they're going to become a statistic. It's, they're not going to want our help. And I love how you're just positive, like saying, Hey, just try because the, there are a lot of families that want to be helped. And that's what we've seen in mm-hmm. our ministry with, you know, mm-hmm. we have a single mom ministry in Las Vegas. They want to be helped. They want mm-hmm. people to mm-hmm. be in their life. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people just kind of distance themselves because they're just nervous about it, but it's an amazing thing. And you also get to, whenever you're the one investing into a family like this, you get the blessing from God in your life, getting to see how God's using you. It's an incredible ministry to be involved in. Um, you know, we got to wrap up here in about, two and a half minutes, but okay. I just want to give you, give you some time to share anything else about thoughtlessness or about your ministry that you want to share. Wow. I'm just great. I am grateful for you. I mean, I, I am grateful um, for what, for your perspective I share often because God is my dad. I mean, you don't hear that out there very much. And that that's what I was teaching my children. God's your dad. Um, ladies, single moms, um, you have been entrusted with a very big responsibility, but I often say being a single mom is not the end of the world. Uh, I'm not fatherless, but, um, I know your boys, they don't ever outgrow father loss. Maybe you can say, um, I don't know what your story is, Sean, but just what I've heard and observed there's, you're always going to carry a tenderness of not having your dad, a boy, especially that role model, but. God is sovereign. God is good. And he is working everything for a greater glory. Often your story is not even about you (laughs) at all. It's, it's about his glory and what he's doing. And um, we just have to trust him. He is trustworthy. He is good and he is faithful. That's wonderful. I love how you're doing stuff for fatherless girls because there's 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 a lot of ministries out there that are just focused on the fatherless boy. And I think of my sister whenever I hear that because mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. she needed help too. And so I'm thankful for the people that invested in her. And I'm thankful for what you're doing. So tell tell us how we can find you. We have a minute left. Tell us how we can find you, how we can learn more about this girls event. Is it still open for registration? It or actually, is. Yes, by the time this in... plays, by the time this plays, it might not be till the next year. Okay, but that's all right. this, is this a yearly event? Just tell us how we can find you. Yes, it's perspectiveministries.org. The podcast is help. I'm raising fatherless kids. And the whole idea is just to find help. We want to give you um, the help that you need by bringing on other men and women who grew up fatherless. Um, if you know of a widow or you are a widow and you want the support on the homepage of the 
website is widow care sign up that's where you can sign up for these boxes of comfort and care and the event is here in atlanta daughters of the king and but it's a yearly event we're looking to do mom and man this fall that date has not been set yet but it'll be on the website okay thank you lori for being on we really appreciate you yeah thank you so much to learn more about how you can get involved in fatherless family ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources. You can find our books that we have. You can find some, even the program that we have to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.